believe I have something to say to us. The Lord has something to say to us from his word concerning Thanksgiving. And it's not just because we have a national holiday coming up in a few days. The good news uh, and the good thing about being a believer is you can and should be celebrating this all, all year long, all life long. Amen. So let's just, let's just dive right into the word together today. And, and Sarah's right. We're going to have some fun in the word this morning. Uh, if, if church has not been fun to you, you're not doing it right. This ought to be the most happening place in town. A lot of fun going on in here. Father, we love you today and worship you. Thank you for your word. We are truly thankful, grateful people this morning. And we come before your word uh, thankful for it. Thankful for the light that it is and the lamp that it is to our feet, to our path. And we look to your word today to show us, to lead us, guide us, and direct us. We thank you, Father, for speaking to us by your spirit and through your word. And like Sarah's already said, Lord, we commit to you. And by your grace, we will be not just hearers only, but doers of the word. We give you praise, Father, for the good work you've begun in us. We call you faithful to finish it because you are the author and the finisher of our faith. We love you and we thank you for loving us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you've got your Bible, look with me this morning at the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we're also going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 Corinthians 15, 2 Corinthians 2. My intent originally was to pick back up where we left off last week, talking about finishing strong, finishing this year strong, but not just this year, finishing the, the race, finishing the course, the plan of God for our lives, and not just finishing, but finishing strong. And I believe we'll pick back up with that next week, although what we get in today has everything to do with that as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I want to read just one verse here, verse 57. Let's put that on the screen. If you don't have a Bible, we'll put this up here for you. Let's read this together. Ready? Read this. But thanks be to God. Can we just stop there and maybe read it again a couple of times? Say it again. But thanks be to God. One more time with me. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You've heard me say this before, but it bears repeating. Our entire lives are to be lived in the ongoing conversation between grace and faith. Grace is God speaking to you. Faith is you speaking to him. And you can identify grace, identify it in the word, identify it in your life as a gift. That's literally what the word means, a gift. Grace is a gift. And it's specifically a gift that comes from God to you through Jesus. Anything that comes as a gift from God to you through Jesus, you immediately should recognize it as grace. That's what makes salvation a gift. It's grace because it came how? As a gift from God to you. I heard somebody say it. Come on, help me out, church. Through Jesus. Anything that comes as a gift from God to you through Jesus, you know right away is what? It's grace, but it has to be responded to. It has to be received. And if grace is God speaking to you, then faith is your response. You understand what I mean by living in that ongoing conversation? Every gift from God to you that came through Jesus is the gift of grace. That's your salvation. That's the infilling of the Holy Spirit. That's the healing of your body. That's the prosperity of your life in every area of your life, spirit, soul, and body. Now, I want you to put that verse back up there because knowing that 
one of the first things you should say when you read this verse is, I see grace. But thanks be to God who gives, so you know there's grace coming, right? Because it's a gift. Who gives us what? Victory. Somebody shout victory. Victory. He gives us victory. How? Through. So here's a gift, right? Who's the gift from? It's from God. What is the gift? Victory. Who did it come through? Jesus. What does that make victory? Grace. It's grace. And in just this one verse, you see a perfect example of what I'm talking to you about now, responding, right? Responding in this ongoing conversation, grace talking, you talking back, grace speaking, you responding. We've got God who's the gift giver. We've got victory, which is the gift. And we got Jesus is the one who the gift came through. Now, what's our response in it? It's right here at the beginning of this verse. What's it say? Thanks. Thanks be to God. That's your response. And that's the response of faith. Thanksgiving, like Sarah's already said today, is the language of faith. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, you hear nearly the exact same the exact same concept, almost the same words. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. Put that up there. What does he say? Now, thanks, church. You're going to have to get a little more loud this morning. It ain't going to work to just sit there. Just wait till you see what's coming. Now, what? Thanks be to God who, I like this, always leads us in triumph. That's victory. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. So here you see this same concept. You've got God, the gift giver, victory and triumph, the gift, Jesus, the one who the gift comes through, and you've even got your response to it, your response in it. And what is your response? Thank you. 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 Now here... Here you begin to see the difference between a a modern concept of what Thanksgiving is and what a biblical concept of Thanksgiving is. For the vast majority of people, Thanksgiving is just simply what you say in response to something that's already been done, a gift that's already been given, to a favor that's already been shown. And when we're bringing up our little kids, I mean, this is one of the first things we teach them to say. These are some of the first words we put in their mouths, isn't it? I mean, they're just learning to talk. And you got an aunt or an uncle, a grandma, a grandpa comes over for Thanksgiving and they brought gifts or they come for Christmas and they've, they've got toys for the little ones and, and they're barely through the front door, man. And the kids are digging through the bags. What'd you bring me, grandma? What'd you bring me, grandma? And they pull something out and, and grandma hands that gift to the little one and Typically, they're so excited and enthralled with it that they forget to do what? So that's why you're there, mom. That's why you're there, dad. And you do what? You tell them to say thank What do you say? Does anybody remember saying this to your little ones? What do you say? What do you say? You're putting words into their mouths. And this is a good thing. I said, it's a good thing to, to train them up and not just be little kids that know how to say thanks, but to be, you know, grownups that know how to say thanks when something's been done for them. But if all you ever do is say thank you 
in response to something that's already been done, as good as it is, most of the time that doesn't amount to much more than good manners, politeness. And a lot of people have that. Not everybody, but a lot of people do. (laughs) But biblical thanksgiving, biblical thanksgiving is so much more than good manners. Thanksgiving is a weapon in your arsenal. Thanksgiving is how you and I wage warfare. How do we wage war with thanksgiving? Well, when you enter into thanksgiving with God, this isn't just thanking him for what's already been done. And if he was done doing stuff, there'd be plenty to say thanks for. But did you notice in these two verses, he's the God who gives, not gave, gives, gives, which means he did already give. He is right now giving and check this out. He will keep giving, keep giving. What did second Corinthians two say? Thanks be unto God who always caused us. Well, he did cause us, but he's still causing us and he will always cause us to triumph in Christ. So entering into this kind of Thanksgiving, this is where it gets really cool. This is where you and I can exist in every time tense all at once. Thanksgiving reaches back into the past and says, God, you've been so good. But Thanksgiving is active right now in the present. Look at the great things you're doing in my life. But Thanksgiving becomes a weapon in your hand when it reaches out into the unseen, when it reaches beyond what's in front of you right now into the realm of what's yet to come and gets excited, gets grateful, gets thankful as though it already happened. Who else has this power but the born again, full of the Holy Spirit, child of God? Nobody's got it but us because nobody can do this for us but our God. And what I want you to see this morning is how, how inseparably connected victory is with thanksgiving. He said it in these two verses. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Thanks be to God who causes us to triumph. But here's the question I want to ask and answer today. Are you thankful because you got victory? Or did you get victory because you were thankful? Are you hearing me? Because anybody can say thanks for the victory, right? And we should be. But who, and this is a small group who can do this, can in the middle of a battle, in the middle of pressure, in the middle of situations and circumstances and symptoms, look beyond what they see and feel and say, thank you, Lord. 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 What are you thanking him for? Victory, victory, victory. Oh, I thought you were sick. I got the victory. I thought you were broke. Yeah, but I've got victory. Beyond what you see and what you feel. So here's what I want to do today. We're going to have some fun with this. You ready? In spending some time in the Word just over the last 24 hours, I began to see something. And I'm going to take a little bit of liberty here, but I think you'll, you'll see it with me and agree with me in this by the end of this today. I think as you study the word, one of the major themes you see throughout the word, Old Testament, New Testament, is thanksgiving and the people of God lifting up thanksgiving. And I'm going to 
I'm going to ask you a question this morning. And I'm going to see, and you're going to see where you, how you answer this. And I'll say it like this, on a scale of one to 10, on a scale of one to 10, how thankful would you say you are? Now, maybe don't answer it out loud because you're probably wrong, but (laughs) all of us need to look at this. On a scale of one to 10, how thankful would you say you are? Once you get a number in your mind, maybe even jot one down if you've got something to write with. On a scale of one to 10, how thankful? Now, I'm not talking about on a scale of one to 10, how good are your manners? I'm not talking about how polite you are. I'm not talking about you know, just your ability to say thanks to the person who, you know, handed you the food or handed you whatever you asked for. Those are good things. We should be thankful people in that sense. But I'm talking about on a scale of one to 10, how much of a lifestyle of thanksgiving are you living? Because the higher you are on that scale, the greater victory you will experience in this life. Anybody want to find out? Are you curious to know? I wonder where I fit on a scale of one to 10 in the lifestyle of Thanksgiving. As I looked at this, it occurred to me that there is somebody in the scripture who is like off the charts thankful. And it's King David, writer of the book of Psalms, most of the Psalms that we read in the Bible, which of course is the biggest book of all the books in the Bible. But one right after another, if you look at it, it's almost like every other word was, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, bless the Lord, praise the Lord, shout unto God. I mean, it was one right after the other. And I began to see this, and you're going to see it too. When you see David talk about being thankful, oftentimes he talks about the expression of thanksgiving. Not just, I'm thankful, but here's how I express it. And I want to show you several different expressions of thanksgiving. And you're going to be able to figure out where you fit on this scale of one to 10. So how about we just start right here at one? Well, let's start at zero first. Why there? Because that's where most of this world is living. Completely unthankful. And you're going to see this in scripture, but I'll make a massive statement to you and I'll stand behind it. The, did you hear that? The problem with our world today is unthankfulness. It's like, how could that be so? I'll show it to you in the Word. But the biggest problem. And that's where most people are living. But that if, if you're willing to, to not live or not willing to live at zero, but you want to take a step up onto this, this first step in the scale, let me read a scripture to you that I think represents the, the first, you know, one or two. If we're going to call you a one or two on the Thanksgiving scale, this would be you right here. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Psalm 111, verse 1. This is coming from the New Living Translation. I'm going to give you a bunch of scripture today, so just follow along on the screen here. Psalm 111, verse 1. What did he say? Praise the Lord. I will thank the Lord with all my heart as I meet with his godly people. Is that what's happening in here this morning? Godly people coming together. Well, what should this group of godly people be doing together? Praising the Lord as we meet together. He said this going on in verse two, how amazing are the deeds of the Lord. All who delight in him should do what? Ponder them. Ponder them. This is to me 
what it means to be about a one or a two on the Thanksgiving scale. You think thankful thoughts. Can you see now why much of the rest of the world is not even a one? Because they're not a bunch of people thinking thankful thoughts. But David said here in connection to thanking God that you and I should be pondering, pondering his amazing deeds, thinking thankful thoughts. Think thankful thoughts. Jordan, where you, where you at, brother? Will you help me with something this morning? I didn't really fill him in on this. This is kind of a surprise. Do you have a microphone handy? Can, can we get this mic on? I, what I want you and I to do, this is drama club right now. <laughs> We're going to act something out. You're going to be my thoughts. Oh, gosh. You can handle this. <laughs> You're going to be my thoughts, all right? Yes, and yes. the first thing we're going to do is we're going to think thankful thoughts. Okay. Okay? Now, I'm not going to be saying these out loud. Yeah. This is my mind, right? This is what's going on in my mind. Are you okay? I'm great. You okay. You do this like all the time, so you should be fine. So here's what I'm, I'm just going about my life, yes. right? And I'm just living life, nothing major, nothing crazy is going on. I'm just, it's any old day, and I'm just thinking thankful thoughts, Okay? Here we go. Just thinking thankful thoughts. There we go. You, but you're gonna have to say them out loud. That's, the, oh, that's gotcha. why you have a microphone. I was thinking. No, you're my, I'm sorry. I need to vocalize. Do we have this microphone check, on? Check, check, check. Can I get like some reverb on it that makes it sound like <laughs> It's in a kind of like an empty chamber almost, but. I need to speak. Okay, okay. yeah, that's why I gave you a microphone. Maybe we should have gone over this before. Okay, okay so we're, we're thinking yes, thankful thoughts. And, and I'm just, you know, just any day, every day, just. There's birds. Oh, that cloud looks like a dog. Very good. Thank you. That's that's thinking thankful thoughts. Just thinking these thoughts, just just looking around, observing, thinking thankful thoughts. Now we know this. Just stay put for a second. We we know this from Second um, Corinthians chapter ten. You're familiar with this verse that says, "We walk in the flesh, but we don't war in the flesh according to the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments." Other translations talk about imaginations, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing, into, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. The reason we're going over this and talking about this is because this is where wars are fought and won. And it begins with the ability to think a thankful thought. 
Now, we are trained, especially in our group, in our circles, we've been taught how to take every thought captive, especially thoughts, condemning thoughts, lying thoughts, um, thoughts that don't line up with the Word of God. But there are some thoughts that we're not quick enough to rebuke. There are some thoughts that we have not been quick enough to put down and to, to put into prison, to bring into obedience thoughts of self Centeredness, self-pity, self-righteousness. These are some thoughts that we need to be as quick or quicker to put into prison than anything else. Now, a lot of people are thinking thoughts, you know, self-pity, not enough. What, give me some self-pity thoughts. What, what, what does self-pity sound like? So I should have given you time to repair. I'm sorry, but you can do this. Um, Help him, Jesus. Self-pity. Self-centered. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, one second. <laughs> <laughs> like nobody likes me. Nobody. Gotcha. Yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, I'm all alone. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. I'm not good enough at anything. I don't have any talents. Man, no one loves me. This is the kind of stuff that we entertain for too long. Do you remember when Jesus just, not, not too long before the cross, the Bible says he began to talk to the disciples and explain to them why he was going to Jerusalem, the things that he was going to have to suffer there at the hands of the religious leaders. Do you remember what happened? Peter pulled him aside. Basically, Peter said, step into my office and began to rebuke Jesus. And he said, it will not be unto you. Let it not be unto you. If you look up the original translations, you know what he said? Pity thyself. And how many of you remember Jesus' response? The Bible says, this is what the Bible says. It says he turned, studied out. It literally means he turned his back and said, what? Get behind me, Satan. And, and he acted it out just like this. Turned his back on that. This is how you take every thought captive. This is what you do with unthankful thoughts because every thought of self-pity, every thought of self-loathing, every thought of self-righteousness, self-centeredness is an unthankful thought. And what should you be doing with those thoughts? Not entertaining them. Not letting them roll around in you day after day after day. Turn your back to it and say out loud what? Get behind me. Satan. Now, these are strong words. These are strong words. But if you notice, if you keep reading through the gospel accounts, never do we hear Jesus come back to Peter and say, bro, man, I'm so sorry. I overreacted. I think my blood sugar may have been low. And I, I know you were just trying to help. And please forgive me. What does that tell you? It's not an overreaction. That is the reaction of somebody who's not entertaining an unthankful thought. Amen? Amen. Thank you, brother. I appreciate yes, your help. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll rehearse that a little more later. So if you want to be about a one or a two on a thankful scale, it's going to start with what? Thinking thankful thoughts. And the Bible says this in the book of Romans. You remember this in chapter one. 
I'll, I'll read this to you, then we'll move on. But Paul, this is, this is that chapter, that famous chapter where he said, I'm not ashamed. You remember that? I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation. And it shouldn't surprise you that he said that, that he prefaced what he was about to say with, I'm not ashamed. Because what he got into after that, you can't be ashamed. Because he starts talking about everything from from sexual sin, sexual confusion. He gets into the worship of the planet. Is any of this relevant to us today? He starts getting into worshiping the creation over the creator. I mean, it's, it is a perfect picture painted of the world we're living in today. And this is what he said the big problem was. In Romans 21, 21, he said, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but, be, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. He says the whole reason people are living whether it's in sexual sin and confusion or worshiping the creation or anything that goes along with it. He said, the problem with it is unthankfulness. That's the root of all of it. And he said, their foolish hearts were darkened. Did you know when you are unthankful, thinking unthankful thoughts, you know, it's getting darker. It's getting darker up here, not clearer. It's getting darker. One translation says their stupid hearts were darkened. When you are unthankful, you are getting darker. You are getting duller. You are getting stupider. Is this Bible that I'm reading you right now? Unthankfulness leads to all of that. But being thankful, thinking thankful thoughts, that's going to cause you to get brighter. That's going to cause you to get sharper. That's going to cause you to get smarter. Anybody interested in this? So this puts you at about a one or two. Can you start thinking some thankful thoughts? Can you start thinking about some of the things that, that God's done for you and some of the ways he has helped you and some of the ways that he's going to? And when you start thinking all this self-pity stuff and this, this insufficient, not enough, and all the things you don't have, don't know, can't do, will you start taking all that trash captive and saying to it, get behind me, Satan, that's not my thought. I'm not thinking on that. I'm thinking thankful thoughts. Well, if you can do that, you've come up to, I'd say, about a one or a two on the thankful scale. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. But listen, the higher you go on that scale, what does that mean? More victory. The greater the victory you begin to experience. So if you're, if you're good with victory on a one or two level, then just keep thinking thankful thoughts. But is there anybody interested in victory up on a three or four level on the scale? Well, how do we take a step up? Let's look at what David said. He also said in Psalms chapter nine, look at verse one, we'll put it on the screen. He said, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. Can you see what's going on here? He's thankful and connected to it is the expression of the thankfulness. That first expression was what? I'm going to think about it. I'm going to ponder all your amazing deeds. 
Now he's taking a step up. He's saying, I'm thankful and I'm not just going to think about it. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to tell about it. And this puts you, I think, on a higher scale. It's a greater expression. And it really does come right after thinking about it because what you think about, think about, think about, think about, guess what? Very soon, you're going to start talking about, talking about, talking about, talking about. Now, why this would be important is what you talk about, you magnify. What you, mag- what you talk about, you magnify. It gets bigger to you. It gets bigger in your eyes. And the psalmist David is saying here, I'm so thankful. I got to tell somebody. I got to talk about this. Now, here's the thing. Have you noticed this? You can't complain about something and be thankful for it at the same time. It's impossible. Cannot be done. You cannot complain about your spouse and be thankful for your spouse at the same time. You cannot complain about the kids and be thankful for your kids at the same time. You can't complain about your job and be thankful to have a job at the same time. Let me think of another one here. You can't complain about your church and be thankful for your church at the same time. Why is this important? Well, if you go back and study the children of Israel coming out of the land of Egypt, there was a whole, the first generation, that whole first generation died in the wilderness. They did not go into the promised land that God had for them. And you think, why? Why'd God keep them out? Go study it for yourself. You want to know what it was? Complaining, murmuring, grumbling, complaining, always finding something to gripe about. There's food raining out of the sky and they find something to gripe about. There's water coming out of a rock and they find something to gripe about. Always complaining. And the scripture talked about them complaining, mumbling, grumbling in their tent where they think they're not being heard. And there was a day that Miriam came to Aaron's tent. Do you remember this? She, she said, Aaron, can I come in? He said, yeah, come on in. What is this? And she's like, can I just talk to you for a second? Sure. What is it? She's like, this is just between us. You know, I, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to complain. I'm not trying to grumble, but Moses is really starting to irritate me. Look at what she said. Does, does he think he's the only one that hears from God? And did you see that woman he married? I'm not a racist, but her skin's a little darker than it. This is stuff they're griping about. And she thinks nobody hears them. But God himself heard it. And he said, the two of you out here, talk to me right now. And he took them out to the the tabernacle of meeting, which I guess would be the equivalent of the woodshed. He is going to get this thing straightened out in a hurry. And he said, I heard you. I heard you complaining. I heard you grumbling in the tent. And in a moment of time, the scripture says, Miriam's body became leprous. And Moses began to plead with God. And on on her behalf began to intercede. And and she was healed. And it was a a miracle, a miraculous thing. But how many of you might think that Miriam thought twice the next time somebody wanted to come and complain to her? 
Miriam, can I, can I talk to you? Sure. What is it? I just, it's about Moses. Get out of my tent. You are not welcome. You cannot come. This is a no vent tent. You cannot come in this tent and think you're going to vent and, and dump all that trash. And these, my ears are not your trash cans. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear nothing about it. Thank you, Lord. 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 Talking how thankful we are. You know, every week, Sarah stands here and she, she reads us the latest glory stories. And for those of you who don't know, these glory stories are just reports of the good things our good God is doing in the life of this church. And the reason we tell these stories is, one of the big reasons is we want it to stir faith in the people that hear it. But one of the big reasons is we're giving you the opportunity to tell it, to be thankful and tell it. And I've observed this before already in the first couple of years of this church. Some of these glory stories, there's like she's told you before, a stack of them. But so many of them are repeats of people that have already turned in glory stories. And they're on their third, fourth, sixth, eighth, tenth, twelfth glory story that they've turned in. And you hear that and you think, wow, well, I mean, I guess God just really loves them and, and really does good things for them. I wish he'd do these good things for me. Come on. Are you thankful because you got the victory or did you get the victory because you were thankful? I'll say it to you like this. Thankful people will always have something to be thankful for. Thankful people will always have something to be thankful for. So when somebody turns in this story and says, I just got to tell the good things God has done for me, they tell it. But what maybe they don't realize is that in the telling of it, they've just opened the door for God to do more. And then they tell that one. And then that opens the door wider for him to do more and to do greater and for greater grace and greater grace and greater grace to come on them. Telling it gives God access to do more of it in your life. So if you hear that and you believe that, you ought to go home. And this week, you ought to be saying, God, give me something to tell. I want to tell it. And that's why we tell you nothing's too small. When, when something happens, don't look at it and say, well, that's not really that big a deal. I don't think I should tell it. Tell it. Tell it. You want God to do greater? Tell what he's already done. I believe this puts you at about a three or four on this Thanksgiving scale. Because you were just thinking thankful thoughts. Now you're talking it. Amen. But how many of you would like victory, not just on a three or four scale, not just at a level three or four. How many of you would like to take that step on up to about, let's say a five or six, huh? Some five or six level victory in your life. Well, I'm going to give you another one, but you're not going to like it. Some of you might not. This is why I think most people want to live somewhere between one, two, three, and four. Let's look at this. What did the psalmist say? Not only are we pondering thankful thoughts, thinking thankful thoughts, we're telling of his wonderful deeds, but Psalm verse seven or chapter seven, verse 17 says, I will thank the Lord because he is just, I will sing. See right there, a bunch of people are like, nope, <laughs> nope, that's somebody else. That's not me. Well, fine. Live down there around one or two. Hang out around three or four. I'm coming up. I said, I'm coming up. Now to do this, it's not just thinking the thoughts. 
It's not even just telling it. David takes another step and he says, I'm going to sing about it. I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. Psalm 92, 4 says, you thrill me, Lord, with all you have done for me. I sing for joy because of what you have done. Singing about it. So we've gone from thinking it to talking it. And now it's getting so big on the inside of you that you start singing about it. And I know I can hear you right now going, well, I don't really sing very good. Neither do I, which is why I'm going to bring Sarah up here right now. And she didn't know this either. Come on up. This is the music in my life right here. Now, just because you can't sing or I can't sing, some of us can't carry a tune, doesn't necessarily mean you don't get to. And you think, well, you're calling Sarah up. It's because I love you, okay? And I want you to stay in the room. But even if your voice sounds like cats killing each other, it's okay. It's okay. You've got a song in your heart that needs to be sung. Now, I did a little study on this, and I was excited to find out, did you know that medical science has done research and has proven that there are health benefits to singing? Would you like to know some of these health benefits to singing? Listen to this. One of the first things singing does for you is it relieves stress. Singing is a stress relief. They found that singing reduces stress levels, whether the participants were singing in a group or by themselves. Now, they did say there's a catch. The, the cortisol, which is that stress chemical released in the body, it said the cortisol only goes down if you're singing in a place that doesn't make you anxious. I want you to know that you should feel no anxiety whatsoever about singing in church. We're not looking for the next American Idol in here. We're not trying to put a spotlight on anybody. We're not trying to draw you up and say sing in front of everybody necessarily. You ought to feel right at home, comfortable singing in this group. And the good news is it will relieve stress. Listen to this. Not only does it relieve stress, it can actually improve your immune response. Singing can actually help fight off sickness. It says there's some evidence that singing may boost your immune system, help you fight off illness. And they compared the effects of singing with the effects of simply listening. Now, why do I say this? Because every Sunday morning, we've got both of those things going on in here. We've got some singing and some simply listening. Now, they did say that listening to music can help calm or help reduce some stress. But you know what it won't do? won't build your immune system. Singing. Singing with us is actually doing something on the inside of you to strengthen your immune system. <laughs> they said uh, they, th those who sang showed higher levels of immunoglobulin A, which of all the immunoglobulins is my personal favorite. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about the immunoglobulins, but my favorite immunoglobulin is of course, immunoglobulin A. And those who sang showed higher levels of immunoglobulin A, which you know this, but it's an antibody of your, uh, of your body that secretes to help you uh, fend off infections. 
They said listening to music without singing along, it reduced stress hormones, but it didn't stimulate the body's immune system. I think we're going to have some people singing in church. We should. If you know that it's doing this for you, listen to this. It increases your pain threshold. Releases endorphins. I like this one. Did you see this one? We talked about that. It may improve snoring. I can just wives right now just doing this all over the room. You are trying out for the choir. Come on. Listen, if this has been an issue for you, get up here. We got auditions on a real regular basis. It may improve snoring. Somebody say glory to God. It improves lung function. It develops a sense of belonging and connection. It enhances memory in people with dementia. It helps fight off grief. It improves mental health and mood. It improves speaking abilities. Now, this is just secular medical science doing research. What if you're singing and you're not just singing, you know, top 40 hits, but you're singing something that's anointed. You're singing something that's praise and worship. You're singing thanksgiving to God. You take all these effects and you multiply them by about a hundred and you come into this place. And when we're up here singing, and this is what we've done. We put together a band. We put together a choir. We've got singers. We've got songs. The only thing we can't do is sing them for you. You got to sing them. And this is a part of your thanksgiving. And if you're thankful up on this level, up on this scale, then there's going to be a song coming out of you, an anointed song. And the good news is while you're standing there singing, your snoring problem's going away. <laughs> while you're standing there singing, your, body, your body's fighting off infection. Your body's, your body's fighting off COVID. Your body's fighting off the flu. Your body's resisting infections and diseases and germs and viruses. Why? Because you're singing to the Lord. And you don't have to be a great singer, but you can just be walking around your house. Just sing something. What you do, your song is your sword. This is what I've learned from you. Go for it and, and pretend it's me. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Now listen, you can do that. You can do that here in the sanctuary. You can do it in the living room. You can do it in the kitchen. You can do that in the car on your way to work. Just letting a song come up out of your spirit. This, um, you know, this scripture out of the book of Ephesians speaking, it says to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the spirit, sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is thanksgiving up on a higher scale. It's a greater expression. Something that began as a thought, then turned into your words. Listen and let the Spirit of God put a melody to it. You'll be thanking God on a higher level. Is there anything else you want to say about that? It's really good because this is the way you get filled up with the Spirit of God. And uh, the Spirit of God can be on the inside of you. He is, if you've been born again. 
and you've received him alive in you, but there's another part of being filled to overflowing, and that comes with singing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, and giving thanks unto God. Yeah. And a lot of people want to know why they're so down and weak, and um, why they don't have this, this overflowing thing about them. Well, oftentimes it's because it takes faith to go ahead and open up your mouth, yeah. and not just feel it on the inside, not just speak it with words, but then to go ahead and sing it. And you can walk around your house all day just singing in tongues. Do you know you can do that? And that will build you up in your most holy faith and it will cause you to start to overflow. And then it's not just the, uh, it's not just the flesh uh, yielding to that all day long. No, it's yielding to the spirit of God all day long. And what are the fruits of the spirit? Love, Joy, 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 peace. And all these things begin to just flow out of you because you are full to overflowing from singing unto God, giving thanks unto God. The Bible says you give thanks well in an unknown tongue. Maybe you're not a songwriter. Maybe you're not a melody maker. But you begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. And just put a little melody to it. It doesn't have to be anything special. You're not recording. You're not selling albums. You're thanking God. You're thanking God up on a higher level. Amen? And I want to encourage you with something. I mentioned this, but listen to me. From our perspective here, and I know you don't always get this perspective into the congregation, but there are still too many of us not engaging in this. Folks, this is opportunity right here. The first... 20 minutes or plus that we spend in this service every Sunday, singing, praising, making melody. We're not doing that out of habit. We're not doing it out of some religious tradition. We're doing it to give you and all of us opportunity to let Thanksgiving come up out of us. It has nothing to do with your personality. It has nothing to do with your talents or abilities. Nothing to do with any of that. It's got everything to do with your heart. Are you thankful enough to think some thankful thoughts and to fight some thoughts that are not thankful? Are you thankful enough to tell when the Lord's done something good for you? Okay. Are you thankful enough to open up your mouth and let a song come out? That takes another level of faith. It does, but you've got it on the inside. There's something the Lord spoke to me a while back and he said, Sarah, you can be either a consumer, that means you just take and you take and you take, or you can be a contributor. And you know, every one of us has that opportunity to contribute to the life and the atmosphere of praise and thanksgiving in a church, in a place. You know what that takes? A huge important part of that is being here on time, Hmm. being here at the start of the service. Because it's not just about coming in to hear a message. It's about coming in to contribute unto God Mm -hmm. and to give to him the glory that is due to his name and the thanks that is due to his name. And sometimes that thanks will show forth in extreme high praise at the beginning of the service Mm -hmm. during a praise song. And you don't want to miss out on that. 
because you are contributing to this place. And what you're also doing is is you're releasing faith into the atmosphere that I am expecting God to move in this place. I'm expecting him to do exceeding abundantly above. I'm expecting to hear from him. I'm expecting that every person in this place is going to experience his presence. You want to bring your faith and not just come and be a consumer. But be a contributor. And if we will do that, we'll come here on time. Be at church on time. And say, Lord, I want to start. And I'm going to start off this service with high praise unto my God. If every one of us in this whole room are doing that, it changes the atmosphere. It's not just dependent on two or three people or just the band to come here prepared. You bring an element of faith and you contribute to this place. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, listen, just do with that what the Lord tells you to do. We understand. We, we know what it's like to have kids and get up and get ready in the morning. But I promise you this. If you make a quality decision before the Lord, I'm going to be a part of that. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be present. And I'm going to add to it, contribute to the atmosphere. Watch healing go to work in your body. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sweetie. All right. So that puts us, where does that put us on the scale? Probably up around what? Five, six. That's some good victory, isn't it? That's some great victory. Anybody interested in victory on a higher level? Okay. Well, let's take another step up because I might, I might lose a few more of you right here. Some of you are still down there at thinking about talking about it. But for those of you who are willing to sing about it, good. Let's take another step up here. David said this in Psalm 95 verse two, let's come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us, oh, where'd it go? Let us shout. Let's come before his presence with thanksgiving. Now here's the expression. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. Now you thought it was bad when I was making you sing something about it. Now we're taking it another step up. We've gone from just thinking thankful thoughts, telling about it when God does something good for us, even singing a song about it. But there comes a moment in your life where you get so full of gratitude so full of thanksgiving for all that God has done, all that he's doing. And if you ever get even a glimpse of what God desires to do in your life, look out, here comes a shout coming up out of you. Now there's, there's more to it than just noise. There's a, there's a tone of victory. There's a sound of faith that comes out in a shout. A shout is powerful. You know, even the military is beginning to understand over the last decade, maybe longer, they have begun to implement a new kind of weapon. They call them LRADs, L-R-A-D, long range acoustic devices. They call them sound cannons. They have figured out a way to manipulate sound waves in such a way that they can stop an enemy. They have figured out how to use sound waves from, I don't know what kind of crazy distances stretch across a long distance. And it so pierces the the hearing and the, the eardrums of the enemy that it stops them in their tracks. They have figured out that sound is a weapon. Your shout is a weapon. It's a weapon. Now, why do we shout? Because God is hard of hearing. No, no has nothing to do with that. But think about it like this. Have you ever been sick? Have you ever been really sick? 
Would you say that those symptoms are shouting at you? Man, I've been there. I know you have. We all have. They're just screaming their loudest at you. You ever been behind financially? You got a stack of bills sitting on your desk or on the kitchen table. And it's like every time you walk by, they're talking to you. You can hear them. And they just keep getting louder and louder and louder talking to you. And you think, man, I got to put these things away. And you go stuff them in, in a desk drawer somewhere and shut it. And you, you go lay down in your bed at night and it's quiet in the house. And you're laying there and you can still hear those bills talking to you. And they're loud. Well, guess what you're going to have to be? Louder. Louder. It's not because God can't hear you if you don't shout. It's because you have got to drown out some doubt. You got to drown out some unbelief. And there's got to come a point when a shout of praise, a shout of thanks, a shout of giving God glory comes out of you because if you are louder than that, then that goes away. I said that goes away. The shout. Does that make anybody think about an Old Testament example of what happened when the people of God would shout? Now, if you're too dignified, if you are way too dignified to shout, fine, but the walls are going to stay up. If you're too dignified to let out a shout, that's fine, but just know this, the walls will not fall. You go back and study that account of the people of God and what God told Joshua to do. He said, you march this army around this city one time every day for six days. And he was very, very explicit with them. Do not say a word for six days. But you go out and you march around and then you come back. And then you go and you do it again. And you do it again. And you do it again. But on the seventh day, he said, I want you to march around it seven times. And on that seventh time, I want you to let out a shout. And the trumpeters are going to let out a blast. And when you hear that blast, you're going to let out a shout. And Joshua was very clear. He said, you do not shout until I say shout. It's like, what's going on there? It's almost as though you've heard the expression, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Well, it's like, if you can't let out some faith, then don't say anything at all. You stay quiet until you've got something to shout about. Don't be talking doubt. Don't be talking unbelief. Don't be talking the symptom. Don't be talking the lack. You wait until a shout is on the inside of you. And they did what he said. You talk about a shout as a weapon. They let out a shout and the walls fell flat. And they took the city because of that shout. And there's a, there's a scripture in the, uh, the New Testament out of the ministry of Jesus. And it's one people go to quite a bit when they're talking about Thanksgiving. And it's out of the book of Luke. You remember in chapter 17 when there was a group of 10 lepers who saw Jesus from a distance and they cried out, Lord, have mercy on us. And, and Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says, as they went, they were healed. But we all remember this, right? The one that came back and he did what? He gave thanks. And we always talk about that. Let's be the one that comes back and give thanks. And we tend to talk about it in just about this voice right here. So sweet, so tender. But there's a detail that often gets left out of this account. And it says this in Luke 17, 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice 
glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, giving thanks. The New Living says one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back to to Jesus shouting, praise God. This is not a sweet, tender, quiet little story. This one who came back to give thanks, he didn't say, oh, Jesus, sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to say thank you. That's not what he did. Jesus had just healed this man from an incurable disease and he came running back. I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. With a loud voice, with a shout, not too dignified. Woo, not so dignified that you can't let out a shout. And if you're unwilling to let out a shout, fine. Let the wall stay up. But if you are willing to let a shout of praise and thanks build up on the inside of you, you get ready to watch walls fall in Jesus' name. And when they come crumbling down, your shout will not just be a shout of war. It'll be a shout of thanksgiving. It'll be a shout of praise. You'll be saying, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Letting out a shout. And some of you are sitting there going, I didn't know this was that kind of church. It's that kind of church. It's that kind of church. Now that right there, if you are willing in the middle of a fight to let out a shout, if you are not too dignified when God does something good for you to come back and let out a shout of praise and a shout of thanksgiving, that puts you up, I'd say about what, a seven or an eight on that victory scale. And when walls, city walls start falling, that's a lot of victory. That's a lot of victory. There's still one more. Anybody interested in some victory out of 10? Turned all the way up. Well, this is what David said. He said in Psalm 50, verse 14, he said, make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. Keep the vows you made to the Most High. The NIV says it like this, sacrifice thank offerings to God. Fulfill your vows to the Most High. This is one of the greatest and highest expressions of gratitude. Thankfulness is an offering. Your gratitude and mine can exist as we ponder and think about the things he's done, thinking thankful thoughts, and that'd be good. If you'll think about them long enough, though, it'll turn in to you telling about it, giving God glory, telling a testimony that inspires faith in somebody else. And if you'll do that enough, you'll find yourself beginning to sing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. But you do that long enough, there's going to be a shout that rises up on the inside of you. But one of the highest, if not the highest form and expression of thanksgiving to God is to bring an offering. And he's specific here. He said, your thank offerings. He's he's referring to a specific kind of offering. If you go back and study the Old Testament, you're going to see that there's a lot of different kinds of offerings. They had offerings that had to come at a certain time and come in a certain way and had to be a certain amount or a certain type. There were restrictions. There were regulations. There were even consequences for not fulfilling it exactly the way they were told to fulfill it. But besides all those, there was this one other offering and it was called the thank offering. 
It was called the free will offering. And it was the only offering that God told his people, bring what you want, bring when you want it, when you want to bring it, how you want to bring it. The only thing he was looking for in it was heart. And you see this as you study it, that there were times when the people's hearts were stirred. And so they brought an offering for the work. There's times that their hearts were, were stirred up and they burned and they, they, they wanted to be a part of it. God didn't require anything of them. He just said to Moses, he said, you go out there and you tell them, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to build. And if your heart gets stirred, come on, be a part of it. And it was that free will offering. It was that thanksgiving offering. And the Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy, musicians, you guys come on up. In Deuteronomy 16, verse 10, this is out of the easy to read version. It says, you do this by bringing him some special gift you want to bring. Decide how much to give by thinking about how much the Lord your God has blessed you. How do you know how much to give in a thank offering? There are many offerings that we go before the Lord and we say, Lord, what would you have me do? This is one of the things that Sarah and I've done in our marriage and our ministry over the years. And much, I'd say most of our giving is done like that. Lord, what would you have us do? Do you want us to be a part of that? How much do you want us to be a part of this? And we wait. We listen for the leading of the Holy Spirit. And we do what he tells us to do. But here's another kind of offering. This isn't the Lord telling you what to do. This is an offering in response to what he's done. How do I know how much to give? How do I know what I'm supposed to put in a, in a thank offering? Oh, it's easy. You decide how much to give by thinking about how much the Lord your God has blessed you. Your offering comes up out of thanksgiving for what he's done for you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you need someone to pray with you, there are several ways for you to contact us. Feel free to give us a call at 817-577-0180. You can also contact us through the Legacy Studios app or either of our websites. Giving options are available online at pearsonsministries.com and legacychurch.family. If you prefer, you can also text an offering. Simply text LEGACY and any dollar amount to the number 28950 and follow the prompts. Be blessed today. We love you. And remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.